0: We are back. Warp and Wolf Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are here with you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And we are taping all of these things so that you can make sure, if you missed it live, you can catch us on the flip side on the podcast. We're also broadcasting right now on YouTube Live. So if you go to our Cominius Institute channel, uh, you can check us out there and actually watch us go live. That's something that might be of interest to some of you. We're in our new studios over here at 2131 East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center, and of course from Burger King, which means, of course, that every time I look over there, I'm hungry automatically. The Comenius Institute crosses three bridges in the life that we live here in Indianapolis. The first bridge that we cross is into the college area uh, with Christian college young people, helping them to understand their thinking, their academics from a decidedly Christian point of view. We then uh, cross into communities, lots of different communities. We're down here in one of the urban core centers of Indianapolis. We have all kinds of different guests uh, in our show, all kinds of different ethnicities and histories, uh, all kinds of ministries, people that are doing good throughout Indianapolis, Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14, folks who are Christians who are doing good in the community. That's our focus. And of course, with special emphasis on connecting black and white cultures, black and white leaders throughout Indianapolis. Our third bridge that we cross is into culture. And in that particular bridge, we are interested in helping uh, people across the board to understand culture to a a better degree. We've actually started a uh, new video series. If you're at all interested, you can pick it up on our website, Institute.org.com, And you can find them there, Truth in Two. You can friend me on Facebook. Uh, Just find me uh, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, lots of different social engagements, lots of different places. Go to my own personal website, warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And in that particular website, there are over 600 essays, all kinds of dozens and dozens of videos and podcasts uh, from which you can draw uh, really uh, something that I think uh, could help lots of different folks around the Christian community. Uh, one of the things, of course, that our, our focus uh, is on this particular week is on Memorial Day. And we never want to forget those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. That is, they have died on behalf of their country uh, so that we might be free. That's one of the greatnesses of this country. Uh, we're grateful for it. Uh, we celebrate that event. Uh, the last Monday of May, every single year, Memorial Day different from Veterans Day. Veterans uh, emphasize those who are still living and we honor and acknowledge them in November. But in in May our focus is on those who have uh, passed on, who have died in defense of this nation. We're grateful for that. And so in the second hour we're actually going to be interviewing uh, someone who has served uh, USMC. uh, J.R. Rouse will be here in the house with us. Looking forward to having him here. A former student of mine, and uh, a man who's building a reputation on the west side, not only in terms of his bivocational commitments, but also his uh, commitment to his local church. So that's a real positive thing uh, that's going on on the west, west side. We want to make sure to give a shout out uh, there to folks uh, in his particular church and to JR himself. We're looking forward to uh, having a discussion this morning specifically around the topic of memorials. So I think what we'll do is we'll take a one-song break, and when we come back, we'll dis- begin the discussion of why memorials are so important to us in the First Testament, that is, in the Old Testament, and what that teaches, how, how we can then better understand life and commit ourselves to it as Christians in this day and age. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNex.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are here on Wednesdays from 10 until noon. And every Wednesday we are bringing together Indianapolis communities across the spectrum here in Indianapolis, uh, introducing folks to Christians. uh, Our guests, usually in the second hour, that will uh, give us a a snapshot of what it means uh, to think and to live Christianly together. So the thing that we wanted to discuss today specifically has to do with Memorial Day and the necessity of Memorial Day and why that's so imperative and important to us. What we're really concerned about, of course, is our uh, commitment to what that means for us and why that's so important to us. So in this particular uh, case, we're emphasizing uh, those things which we have uh, given ourselves to throughout our study, throughout specifically the study of the Old Testament. So one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about uh, today was the issue of holiday. I think that's an important idea, the, the, our commitment to holiday. And so we wanted to make sure that we highlighted what was a holy day, a day set apart. Uh, and I think it's important to kind of distinct, uh, make a distinction between a, a holiday, a holy day, something that is set apart, and then something that is uh, a vacation. So let me explain those two words. Uh, the word vacation literally comes from a Latin term which means to vacate, to leave empty. And so our concern is that we not not leave anything empty. Our concern is not that we veg out, uh, that we forget why we're doing what we're doing. In fact, on social media the other day, I gave a holler out to everybody to make sure that they gave a a general sense of remembering, hey, this is an important day. Uh, Just pause for a moment to remember uh, why we can live in freedom. So holiday is distinctive from vacation, in that holly, that is the holy part of holiday, uh, literally means to set apart. We set this day apart, specifically Memorial Day or any holiday. We set it apart to remember something important. In this case, the last Monday of May is to honor those who have died to give us our freedom. Now there are lots of discussions about freedom. What does freedom mean? Why is it freedom important to me? Why does it matter at all in any case uh, to the kinds of things that I'm doing? Uh, am I truly free? Uh, have my ancestors been free? Uh, will my children and grandchildren be free? At this particular moment living in this uh, space and time in 2018, We're talking about this freedom that we have right now in the United States of America. I tell my students on a regular basis that we live in the most peaceful, prosperous nation in human history. That doesn't mean that every person is peaceful, nor does it mean that every person is prosperous. But it certainly means that we have an opportunity for those things uh, if we uh, abide by certain ideas uh, within the structure of God's universe. So I also believe uh, very strongly and we need to say this from time to time, that shed blood makes us free citizens. We should never uh, accede to the concept that somehow our freedom simply comes out of midair. I have great respect for uh, the pacifist point of view, the fact that uh, no one wants to raise arms against somebody else. I get that. That's not a problem for me. I want to defend those folks. But we are not talking about a warmonger kind of uh, perspective here. We're talking about shed blood makes us free citizens. Uh, Freedom is always dependent upon vigilance. Freedom is always dependent on on, uh, somebody sacrificing for somebody else. And that's true in any culture. It's true in any time period. Certainly true even in families. So those kinds of things I think are important uh, for us to remember. Uh, We also want to say about this day that we are not talking about being a warmonger, as it were, but that we are honest to what is. That is the doctrine of depravity, that there's such a thing as inherent corruption. Uh, Those things are really crucial for us to understand and help young people to understand, that we literally have a responsibility to ourselves, to our young people, to teach them history. So one of the teachings of history is actually the need to know history and the importance of knowing history is why we need to be free. What it is that people have died uh, for us on our behalf in order to be free. So why do we do what we do, uh, I think, is important because it keeps memory alive. And if we do not teach why this is a great nation, then the question then becomes, why would anybody want to defend it? I'll say that one more time. If we do not teach why this is a great nation, then the next question should be, why would anyone want to defend it. This is a crucial issue for us. I think especially important when we think about the the issue of our young people, our students, uh, the kinds of things that we teach them in history, and the importance and the impact of, of history. So right along with that, something else that is is important and imperative for us is that we understand uh, a First Testament mindset. Our views of memorials, our views of history, our views of necessitating that there is this uh, commitment to a mindset that is wholly different uh, from everybody else's commitment, is that we understand that we have, uh, or actually do, uh, base what we believe on an idea. And that these ideas are recalled by specific acts. So our physical act is important for us, and important for us to remember uh, to keep this uh, going, in terms of Old Testament teaching, that is that we are linking the mental act of recall with physical action. So it, if you go to read the Old Testament, you go to places like Deuteronomy or Leviticus or the Book of Numbers, you will see, some, you will see people over and over and over again uh, in the Old Testament. You will see them putting on certain kinds of clothing. You will see them uh, creating certain kinds of memorials. Uh, you will see them uh, not building uh, accoutrements to the temple, for instance. All of these things are issues of memory, issues of history, things that give us a place whereby we think to ourselves there was something that happened in history. Not the least of these, and I think it would be important or at least good to, to give an example of at least one of these. One of the examples of this comes out of Joshua chapter four. book of Joshua chapter four, what we find there is people are about to cross the Red Sea, or, I'm sorry, this, uh, the Jordan River. Uh, in the book of Joshua Chapter Four, the Israelites, and when the Israelites are crossing, one of the things that they had to do was build a pile of rocks right, so that when we had the pile of rocks there, one of the things that the parents were then to do was to say to the or be able to answer the question that young people in the future would ask, "Dad, why are there a pile of rocks down by the river?" Mm-hmm. That was a crucial concern for for them. Uh, in that particular time and age. That's and true. so the connection here is between the great idea of memorial, that is, we know that something has happened in the past, mm-hmm. we want to remember it in history, and we want to mark it by a physical action.
1: Right, and, and, and th- uh, that is absolutely true. Uh, we, 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 we also find in the book of uh, uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 10, verse 7, God saying uh, th- through through uh, Solomon that the memory of the just or the righteous is blessed. Mm. So what we what we find what we have is God teaching us in Scripture that He that He He has graced the mi- the memory, graced the mind mm. with memory. Yes. Why has God? What, what 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 can we, what are some of the suggestions that we can ascertain from mm. interpreting as 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 a, a scholar is supposed to in light of other passages mm-hmm. uh, what uh, what what can we ascertain that god is up to there
2: mm.
1: he wants us to know that linkage linking events together mm-hmm. are part of a process yes. to help us sustain a common idea or common ideas, right. what, whatever they are. Right. Uh, as you mentioned, the, the, the uh, Joshua's rocks uh, uh, on the other side yeah. of the Jordan, mm-hmm. or uh, Deuteronomy chapters four through six, where God tells, write it on the write the principles of of God, the statues mm-hmm. of God on the eyelids on the doorpost, on their foreheads. Why? So that recognition links the events. What are the events? What I have said to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's very and so we know that God is always trying to do that, and from from a theologian a theological perspective, every dispensation is speaks to and introduces the next mm, and good so point. so what we have is God again linking events together mm. to hold principles and statues in in secession yes. He's trying to, and and Jesus came along in in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 and says, I've come not to destroy the law, Mm -hmm. but to fulfill it. Again, linkage. So what God did is give us the law, Jesus filled it up with love. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: That's Mm -hmm. an important concept, this concept of linkage. It makes me think immediately about Bible study. One of the lost tools, I think, of Bible study, you mentioned this early on in your comment Mm -hmm. about this. One of the lost tools of Bible study is that, we have uh, the opportunity for what's called correlation. Right. So we see passages all around us uh, throughout scripture that teach one certain idea. Mm-hmm. And your concept of linkage is exactly true. We're trying to bring those things together to create a biblical theological right. base.
1: Right. And 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 to support the notion, the re- the reality mm. that context mm. rules. Yes. Context rules. Yes. You know, it, it is dangerous for people to take, uh, and we learned this in seminaries, you know, mm-hmm. obscure passages mm-hmm. and decide to create an ideology yes. Yes. based on some obscure uh, uh, passage. Yes. You know, I, I teach the preachers, I'm blessed to be, you know, have the mentors of several pre- preachers, pastors who come out of my church, mm-hmm. and I always tell them do not try to preach the whole Bible mm-hmm. from some passage. Mm-hmm. If 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 what you are saying has come from God, the rest of the Bible supports what you're saying.
2: That's
1: it. And, uh, the other, if, if you want to go contra contra negative or contra positive, if if the rest of the Bible supports what you're saying, then what you're saying is already true. Mm-hmm. If what you're saying is true, the rest of the Bible is saying it. Mm-hmm. You you better be sure that the rest of the Bible supports any concept, mm-hmm. and we don't have to worry if we if we if 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 we if we stay within the context of what the bible not says but is saying yes yes yeah. there it is yeah.
0: so our concern of course is not to speak that which the bible does not say exactly but we simply say what the bible says
1: because it proves itself
0: it proves itself mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily need us right. and that's really a, a crucial concern of course mm-hmm. so one of the the other things that we want to emphasize here is this uh, idea that uh, historical events, the difference between a Hebraic Christian view of history is not based so much on ritual as it is remembrance. So, uh, what, you know, Pastor, when you're, talk, when you're giving communion, for instance, mm-hmm. and you uh, say to your people, uh, these are Jesus' words, do this in remembrance of me, mm-hmm. this is not simply ritualistic, right. but it is indeed based on historic right. events and a memory that we must continue to maintain and keep alive. Absolutely. How, how uh, further would you explain that to your people?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, it's important, in, and in, in the Lord's Supper in, in, in uh, uh, traditional Baptist churches it happens every first Sunday. Yes. My church is happening, this coming first Sunday. Not just, not just Baptist churches, but right. you know what I mean. Yes. Um, you know, I, I try to make sure that that, that the symbolism and the spiritual spaces mm-hmm. that people have found themselves in over the years mm-hmm. in their journey with God yes. um, coordinate mm-hmm. with the event of yes. the cross. Uh, I talk about the seven places mm-hmm. that Christ shed shed his blood. Mm-hmm. I talk about the, uh, every Sunday, why he said it is finished, uh, why it was necessary for him to say, my God, my God. Why that it's, it's important because oh, in an overarching way um those underpinnings speak to to the overarching thing I'm trying to accomplish which is remember from whence hmm. we have come mm-hmm. and how God has brought us to now that's it a it it, it is it is um it is it, it is arguable that the whole one of the main purposes of the holy spirit is to cause us to remember
2: mm mm-hmm. mhm
1: Yes, that, that that the indwelling presence, power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it, He comes in, comes in to regenerate, mm-hmm. cause us to be new, mm-hmm. uh, guide us, uh, absolutely sanctify us, no doubt right. about it. But 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 it, it, a case can be made that one of the the major purposes of God uh, coming to reside in us mm. is so that we have a Paraclete to walk alongside yeah. to remind us. Yeah. There it is. Yes, to remind us, which tells us, and this is this is interesting. I, I, I think, uh, Doctor Eccles, that just knowing Christ mm-hmm. or meeting Christ
2: mm-hmm.
1: would never be enough to cause us to grow into what God has called us to be. Ultimately, to evolve into, if I can use that word, to evolve into as Christians, mm-hmm. uh, without the aid of the Holy Spirit, reminding us of past battles,
2: mm-hmm.
1: present and current promises. Mm-hmm past victories that God has Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit empowers them and takes us right back to what you're talking about. Memory. Yes. Remember all through the old Testament. Uh, God, as you, as you said, set up memorials to help them to remember, don't Mm -hmm. forget, go forward, Mm -hmm. but don't forget Mm -hmm. what I have done, Mm -hmm. what I have said to you. Uh, even Moses at the mouth of the red sea, He's crazy. Moses is influenced, he's thin-skinned, and he's influenced by the murmuring of the people. Mm. And God goes to him and basically tells him, and I'm paraphrasing, remember what I gave you? Mm-hmm. I'm not about to give you something new. <laughs> remember what I gave you. What's that in your hand? Mm. What has that rod done for you thus far?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When David was before Goliath, he used his memory. Mm. I was in the wilderness, and a lion mm-hmm. came after my flock. I was in the in, in the forest, and a bear came after my Based on what I remember God has done, I'm going forward.
0: There it
2: is. And
1: so uh, the Lord's Supper is just a a New Testament expression of me helping the people Mm. uh, to uh, remember from whence they have come and what God has done to bring them. Mm. And and, and everything God has done to bring them at this point is about the cross.
0: Mm. I mean, these are powerful words. Those those of you listening live, those of you who are going to pick us up later on the podcast, we're grateful you're with us. We're going to go to a one-song break, but when we return, we're going to continue to discuss the issue of memorial, memory, history, and its connection to Memorial Day, and why memory is so important for us, and why we should never forget. You're listening to Warp and Roof Radio at Radio Next. at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are uh, YouTube Live. Uh, Pick up this later. Uh, We'll get the podcast archived, and we'll make sure that everybody can see it later on. Uh, Sometimes uh, this technological bit kind of messes me up, so uh, for those of you who actually know something about this stuff, maybe you can come hold my hand and walk me into the future, would you please? That would be Mm -hmm. really nice. (laughs) So we are actually here uh, on the Main Street, 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center, 2131 East 10th Street. There's all kinds of activity out in front of us. If you've been hearing uh, sirens going off, uh, that's just part and parcel of where we're at. We actually get to look right out on the street through these great uh, plate glass windows that are right in front of us here, folks walking by. Uh, So come visit us sometime. We'd love to have you 2131 East 10th Street. today we are discussing the concern that we have this week, because uh, this is the week of Memorial Day, we are focused on memorials. We've been talking about the importance of history, the mental act of recall of history, of ideas, what has happened in the past, and linking that to physical activities. We've mentioned some of those. Uh, Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckel, here to talk about some of what that means for us. So uh, Dr. Clyde, let's go back to uh, the issue of memory again and kind of lay out some of the biblical groundwork uh, for what we have talked about here. One of the things that kind of struck me as, as you and I were talking earlier is, is the statement that you made that uh, these things have happened for a purpose and a reason mm-hmm. and it matters then uh, because it's happened to us, we should be careful about how we treat other people. Mm-hmm. So we think about Deuteronomy, we think about Leviticus, both of those places the people of Israel are told, look, you know what it's like to be held in mm-hmm. slavery. You mm-hmm. need to treat people better than absolutely.
1: you. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together mm-hmm. for the good of them who love God, mm. for them who are the called according to his purpose, Yes. for whom he did foreknow, mm. he did predestine to be conformed the image of his son mm-hmm. and so let's go let, if, if we could interpret uh as 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 we often do post if we can go back from the back end, sure being conformed to the image of his son is a process
2: mm-hmm.
1: that when you are born uh though though the scripture does teach us in the book of romans chapter 4 that we are born we are the seed of god we are the seed of righteousness we are born righteous we do not; we are not born righteous experientially. In other words, we are positionally righteous. Yes. We have to learn to live that mm-hmm. righteousness or sanctification out. Mm-hmm. What What empowers us then is the question
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to live that comf- uh, uh, conforming to the image of His Son mm-hmm. experiences, mm-hmm. and 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 not just any experiences, but experiences where neither height nor death nor angel mm-hmm. nor principality or spirit things present, things past, has separated us from the love of God. Mm -hmm. We are on earth to be a witness, according to Acts 1 and 8. Mm -hmm. And so our experiences are supposed to cause us at the end to be conformed to his son, Mm -hmm. to be a witness of his son. Mm -hmm. And all of those experiences require the aid of the Holy Spirit's power Mm -hmm. to help our memories Mm -hmm. so that we don't give our experiences the wrong meaning. Oh, there it is. You know, we we can. One could take a an experience with racism. Mm. One could take an experience with molestation. Mm. One could take an experience with rape. One could take an experience of a painful childhood uh, or formation in the house, and decide to be angry. Yes. You cannot. Mm -hmm. If you're a child of God, you don't have the right to. Mm. Because all things have worked together for the good of them. If you're saying you love God, mm. you are the called according to His purpose. Because yes. whom He did foreknow, mm-hmm. that means He didn't allow anything to happen in our lives, or He didn't put anything in. The, he didn't allow things anything into the memory bank that was not going to work for your good, which is which is to be conformed to the image of His Son. Mm. But if you just take on a memory. Uh, a, a labeling of your uh, uh, events and try to remember them in the context of your flesh and your pain, mm. then you cannot
2: mm.
1: be used by Christ. Mm. Your witness cannot be used what he has formed. These experiences can't be used by Christ because all you feel is the pain. Mm. This is something not the purpose.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is something we've talked about in the past, that, that some Christians allow their sociology to drive their theology. And, and that is wrong. Yeah. Yes. Instead of the other way around, our theology should drive our sociology. Absolutely. Now, how we treat people, because of our bad memories, you know, we we may all have bad well,
1: memories. And, and, or mislabeling. Yes. And mislabeling. Yes. You know. That's if, right. This is what happened. Oh, this is what it, no, that's not what happened. Mm. That's your opinion. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, man. It is. Yeah. So if we're going to allow our experiences to be the
0: judge and jury mm-hmm. of everything in our lives going forward, then we will never
1: grow. Absolutely. We
0: will never mature past the point of our pain.
1: Exactly. Because experience, and I want, I want the audience to hear me, your experiences are not the best teacher. Oh, there <laughs> Love you do not give advice. Mm-hmm. You do not go about life mm. based on your experience. Mm-hmm. The worst thing any person, a preacher, a parent, a boss can do is only is try to inform you. Yes. Or someone else based on their interpretation of their experiences. Mm. The ho- the Bible says in John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit shall guide you into all truths. Mm. If the holy spirit if i if i've committed to God, uh, being guided into all truths by the holy spirit then i have to i have to tell my step myself and my mind mm. to stand down
2: mm.
1: wow i have to tell the holy spirit mm. that i trust you even when i feel that something else happens yes
0: and here's the problem of course when we when we divest ourselves of the factual statements of Scripture, Mm -hmm. which then inform our faith, which faith simply means our commitment to the content of what we believe. Mm -hmm. And then the feelings come after the passion. We must never leave the passion out. But if we put feelings at the head of the train, if the feelings become the locomotive that drives the rest of the cars, Mm -hmm. then we are in bad shape because now our experiences will be that which we uh, judge everything by.
1: Right. Instead of what our scri- scriptures teach. See, and we, we had a guest on, we, we've been so blessed, but we had a guest on that spoke of uh, uh, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. What yes. you just gave is an example of how dangerous it is to only be led mm-hmm. by your feelings, by your emotions. Mm-hmm. Your emotions are a major component of serving God yes. and loving people. But what you feel must be empowered by mm-hmm. what you have been taught by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. or else you are just going about life doing everything only from your emotions and not uh, those emotions not standing on a foundation mm-hmm. of love from Scripture, yes. compassion from Scripture, right. understanding, long mm-hmm. the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because uh, if you if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, many of their emotions, mm-hmm. love, joy, peace. Happiness, gentleness, they're emotions, but they're spirit-led emotions. They're spirit-driven, yeah.
0: This is, uh, when I'm thinking about what your words are communicating here, I'm thinking about places like Ephesians 1, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, where Paul Mm -hmm. is praying, and he prays that they may grow in the knowledge of Christ. So there has to be a content base from which we draw. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that knowledge is then in infused with the passion
1: right. of what we believe exactly, and, and you control the, it, yes, you yes. control it james the the half brother of if you could if we can use that term mm-hmm. he 's the brother of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know James tells suffering, struggling people who live in Asia where it 's turkey today uh, he tells these people, count it all joy, James chapter one, when you enter diverse temptation, knowing. Mm-hmm. That the trying of your faith worketh patience,
2: mm.
1: and uh, so so what is he saying? Make a decision mm. that the calamity that you are feeling is not an insult or attack from God. Mm. Count it, which means consider it, determine it to be mm-hmm. a moment where I can have joy mm. because my faith is being tried. If if and you have that, God has to do that. Mm. God has to do that. He has to put you in a position to where you look at difficult, and I know it's, I, and I want the audience to know, I recognize uh, that it's hard to take painful, yes. situ, catastrophic situations yes. and find any joy in it. Mm-hmm. But if you trust God's process, yeah. God will cause it to be a moment where you, be, you learn to celebrate him. Mm. And yes. he can't, you can't celebrate, Mark. You mm. can't celebrate God if you always blame God for your Oh,
0: name. we can't celebrate God and if we're always blaming him. Right. Boy, isn't that the truth. This uh, brings to mind the, the importance of the will when we think about this. Our, our, Absolutely. We bear responsibility for our reactions and our responses. So bad things have happened to us. Bad things have happened to all of us. The question isn't, uh, because my father was uh, the way he was, does that mean that I have to follow in my father's footsteps? Absolutely not. That's not what that means. What that means is I recognize that there are things that inhibit me or that in some way influence me now. I recognize right. that. But at the same time, I don't have to follow in his footsteps. Right. I don't have to be who he was or act exactly. the way that he did.
1: I agree. And and, and, and the, fact, the fact that our mothers or fathers or wh- whoever we have ex- experienced have been allowed to do some of what they have done in the permissive will of God, mm-hmm. It is, and I want my listeners to really hear this, is proof that God has decided it's necessary for what he's trying to turn you into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, people may not want to hear that, right. but it's true. Yeah. And I mean any pain. Right. It's right. what it's trying. All things. All things. That's right.
0: So the issue of rejection, so if we're rejecting the, the, the truthfulness of God's growth process in us Romans chapter five and verse four that character is formed because of suffering mm-hmm. if we're rejecting that then we're rejecting
1: God absolutely the Bible well, 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 two things very quickly uh, God decided that rejection was a necessary component of Christ's life mm-hmm. to get to go to the cross mm-hmm. he was despised and rejected of men mm-hmm. but then but then Hebrews goes even further and says Christ learned obedience. Through the things he suffered. Mm-hmm. Now, most people don't want to hear that, but yes. it's, it's just, it's just <laughs> the truth. That, that, that Christ gained aptitude about how to carry out his mission mm-hmm. through what was done to him during his mission. Mm-hmm. That's major, man. It is. When we think
0: about this in terms of memory and in terms of memorials and the importance of not forgetting, I think it's really important for us to recognize that When we talk about forgetfulness, we're not talking about some kind of divine amnesia. We're not talking about dementia. We're not talking Mm -hmm. about Alzheimer's. We're talking about, going back to this idea, this is an act of the will. So in Hebrew, that concept of forgetting God that Mm -hmm. we find throughout Scripture, Deuteronomy 8 is one example of this, don't forget God. What that is, is an ethical statement. Do not rebel. Literally, that's what the Hebrew word means. Don't rebel in your forgetfulness about God, right. turning your back on what you know he's done, and then in spite of that, you say, I'm not going to listen.
1: Right. I'm right. not
0: going to obey.
1: Right. You know, uh, it, it came, came to mind, just this, this is our topic in general, you know, just just for the purpose of, of, of full disclosure and explaining, Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, forgetting those things which are behind mm-hmm. And reaching to those things which are before, he, he says, "I press toward the high calling of God." And so there, uh, there's a passage where it, it appears to contradict what we're saying. Or one could say it contradicts what we saying. It does not. What Paul is done has done, and I, and I invite any anyone who wants to interpret a passage of scripture is to go up to the passage above
2: mm-hmm.
1: and start reading down to where you are concerned. <laughs> yes. Okay. Paul is explaining. That he was the Pharisee of the Pharisees, that he that he that he was of the tribe of Benjamin in the, in that passage, Philippians mm-hmm. chapter three, mm-hmm. and that and that uh, he counted all those things as dung, all of his accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Even above that passage, he talks about. Uh, he reminds the Philippians believers that we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit mm-hmm. and have no confidence in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So then he then he explains a lot of fleshly accomplishments that he has, and and, and then he moves on to say. But all those things which were gained to me I count as dumb. I'm forgetting those things mm. because I'm reaching for something that I've now discovered is far more valuable and it, it is the prize of obtaining oneness with Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and, and what is that? To be able to endure hardship as, as a good soldier. Which means I can love my neighbor and continue to love people and deal with the social ills and not be stuck in the pains of what I've gone through that's taught me how to serve. I think blacks, whites, I think different cultures, which is what our show is about bringing cultures together on the foundation of Christ. We cannot stay stuck in anger Mm -hmm. and reach forth and give people love. Mm -hmm. Angry people don't love.
0: This is something that I want everybody to hear really, really close. I want to ask everybody a question. This is a question I've been asking people recently recently. If you get ev- everything you want, what, what happens, what does it look like if you get everything that you want? If you are so angry, so, so succumb to your uh, debilitating histories, to your awful memories and so on, what does the end result look like for you? What do you see in the future for yourself or for anybody else? And if you get everything that you mm-hmm. want, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. How is it that you are going to get something out of this pain unless out you allow what comes out of that pain to be something that is positive and good and redemptive in That's that right. sense of things.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and the people that we admire righteously the most, if you will, the people who adhere to the, 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 the moral code of Scripture mm. that, that we, we, we are so committed to on this broadcast and working to commit to it every day in our lives, those people have that mantra. Mm-hmm. What I have gone through. God has used to make me what I am. That's right. They have that mantra. Yeah. So
0: we come what to this worth, you name it. We we come to this place and we have to ask ourselves a question thinking about history and memorials and so on. Knowing where we've come from and where we're going to helps us to know how to live now. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. Knowing where we come from and where we're going to helps us to know how to live now. If we want an ethic for this present age, if we want to know what's right and wrong, if we want a moral standing, if we want some kind of judicial ethic from which we are going to base our lives, then it has to come out of history, and it has to be an anticipation of that which is yet to come. Mm -hmm. Everything from the Christian vantage point is premised upon those two ideas, the history of what we've gone through and the future of what we anticipate. We look forward to the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus
1: Christ. That was the motivation behind God giving the Ten Commandments. Mm. Giving you something for history to carry forward and, and 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 giving you something to to be ever cognizant of what i of what I require that you're incapable of mm. a lot of people believe that you know the, the Ten commandments were given as, for, simply for God to tell us what he no, uh, God wanted you to see yes here's who I am. But I'm going to use who I am in this instance to show you what you're not, mm. so I can help you later on. That's right. In in, in Christ, mm. and uh, so God is always about. Uh, one one of the things we're discussing here also is is the memory basis, uh, uh, based on a uh, basis for relationship with God. We are we we need God, uh, and God uh, in the sense that um, we need the Ten Commandments. You know. To, God even went further. He said, "I'm going to write your my law on fleshly tables mm-hmm. of your heart."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here, God again mm-hmm. imprinting His law in mm-hmm. us, so we can transport it, mm-hmm. so we can carry it. Mm-hmm. Uh, God in any people of God that lose sight of who God is, turn into some hybrid form of evil. Mm-hmm. Wow. Forgetting who
0: God is, we turn into a hybrid form of evil. That is a powerful statement. We think about these kinds of things uh, this particular week, which we are celebrating, which is Memorial Day week. Uh, Memorial Day, of course, the last Monday of, of every May. And we celebrate this to remind ourselves uh, who have given the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our freedoms in this day and age. We are mindful of that this week. And we are building, Dr. Clyde, Posley, and myself, we are building from scripture a biblical base of memory and the importance of that concern that we have about those things. And of course, not forgetting as well. We've been kind of dialoguing about all of that uh, principle idea. We're going to be taking a two-song break. And when we come back, uh, we are going to introduce our guest, uh, J.R. Rouse, who's going to be here with us. a Marine who has served. Looking forward to hearing what he has to say about Memorial Day. And his special uh, concern for John 15:13, 13, uh, we'll talk about that. If you want to go grab your Bible and look that up, John 15:13, 13. JR will be talking about that a little bit here in our next hour at the top of the hour. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Two-song break. We'll be right back. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are here at our new digs at 2131. East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center. Come down and visit us, smile at us, wave through the window. We've got these great uh, plate glass windows here uh, to look through as we uh, stare out on 10th Street and the good good folks of Indianapolis. Uh, we have been discussing in our first hour the importance and the power of Memorial Day and why that's so important to us as Americans. Uh, we take the last Monday of every May to remember those who have fallen, those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms, so that we might live in a nation that is free. And we have uh, asked somebody specifically uh, to address that particular topic, who has served in the United States Marine Corps, uh, J.R. Rouse. Thank you so much, J.R., for being here with us today, and we're grateful for your presence. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, uh, maybe your time in the USMC, uh, whatever you'd like to, just introduce yourself to everybody. Sure, thanks
3: for having me. My name's J.R. Rouse, I live on the west side of Indy. I'm a resident pastor at Sundance Community Church under Senior Pastor McKeel Bowden. We're a church plant up there in Zionsville. Uh, We've been there a year and some change doing the model of the Acts 2 model church up mm -hmm. there, really taking over the neighborhood there in Royal Run, really becoming a light into that neighborhood. Just to go to my military experience, back in uh, 1999, I joined the Marine Corps at the ripe old age of 18 years old. (laughs) Back when I, of course, in our adolescence, we thought we had the world by the saddle there. (laughs) uh, Interestingly enough, I was a high school dropout. Oh, I turned 18 in between my junior and senior year. And had it not been for the Marine Corps, I certainly would have had... A very poor life. Okay. I was extremely blessed that they were able to take me even (laughs) not having a high school diploma or a GED Mm. and then serving the four and a half years. I got out in uh, uh, February of 2003 and it was almost about a month and a half prior to the the Iraq war Mm. and uh, another blessing I I wasn't stop-lost they didn't they didn't ask me to stay in they didn't force me to to stay in in the extra time. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was a, a huge blessing that God had orchestrated that in, uh, in my time there in the Marine Corps. Mm. Uh, when you think
0: about the Marine Corps and the importance of the Marines, uh, how do you view the Marine Corps in, in the general sense of Memorial Day? Uh, how do
3: Marines view Memorial Day? Let's, let's ask that question. How do they view it? It's, a, it's a, an extremely sensitive subject to a lot of people. I don't think there's a single Marine out there who hasn't been affected directly by having lost a brother. Uh, we, we're called the Band of Brothers in the Marine Corps, and we certainly hold that title very near and dear to ourselves. Our celebrations, they're typically, we don't typically celebrate with a lot of other people, uh, especially when we're honoring someone who has passed. Uh, we, we'll, I don't know if you've seen lately what a lot of Marines and and army guys, they'll they'll go out to places like Arlington National Cemetery, and they'll have uh, just a small gathering with with their fallen comrade. Mm. Uh, they'll gather two or three at a time, and they'll just go out and they'll spend you know two or three hours there mm. at the gravesite. And it's they want it to be extremely personal for them. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: this is a, a powerful statement when you stop to think that you know they're taking their time, uh, their effort their money to to get to wherever this place is that they need to uh, give their final respects to these these brothers that have served with them. Uh, This is a great statement of the memorial itself, the necessity of maintaining memory. Uh, Talk a little bit about that concept uh, for us in terms
3: of the Marine Corps. How important is history to the Marine Corps? History, it's one thing that you learn the moment you go into boot camp. It's history. Everything you learn going forward is about history, the things that people have done before you, paving the way uh, to where you are today. Mm. Uh, it's extremely instrumental to know that where you came from, so you don't repeat a lot of the mistakes that were made mm. before. Moving forward, it's, it's interesting to see just, there's things that I can just recite about men and women who have, who have come before me just things that you've learned over the years especially through going through military training uh, one of the things that during promotion boards they'll they'll ask you certain questions and it's all history all of its history based mm-hmm. just knowing where we came from it's we take a lot of pride in knowing that the marine corps stands alone when it comes to the idea that our past is so rich and, and and it's it's a culture mm-hmm. yeah
0: the culture is certainly something that uh, those of us who have not served in the marine corps don't fully comprehend we appreciate it those of us who appreciate the military or, or we honor it uh, as best we possibly can but when you've been changed by it that's a whole different ball game
3: absolutely it's something that sticks with you forever i, I find myself even talking to my son my son who's 10 years old talking to him about certain aspects when it comes to remembering the things that and the people that have come before us who, who have ultimately paid a great sacrifice, leaving these wonderful memories for us mm-hmm. and in essence raising the bar, setting the standard for what we should be doing mm-hmm. and how we should be doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm always r- mindful of uh,
0: a man by the name of Czezlo Milosz, who's one of my favorite poets, a Polish uh, poet uh, who lived through uh, the awfulness of World War II who said that the living owe the owe oh, the dead, a debt of gratitude, and by so doing, uh, to remember, never to forget that which has gone before, and so those of us who are still alive, uh, re- we have bear that responsibility of saying to everybody that is around us, don't forget what's gone on before you got here.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: This is uh, the history lesson is sometimes lost on young people too. Do you, do you have you seen that in
3: your own experience? we do see that the the upcoming generation it's more about creating more history for themselves and less of the road that's already been paved for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of times you see the young people they they want to recreate the will in essence and the wills already been created you just have to continue down the road that's already mm-hmm. been paved for you mm-hmm. so i was i was one of those young guys i needed i needed that put in my brain once or twice <laughs>
1: I, I might just so. so what would you I heard you talk about a little bit of your history and how how you came to to, vote to the Marines. What would you say to some, to a person listening, say their son, 18 years old, 19, you know, 18, they had dropped out or may just not be clear about their direction. What would you say that the Marines did for you to bring you where you are?
3: Definitely created a foundation in me that I didn't have before. Uh, Something with consistency intentionality and they were genuine about what they did and that's something that I lacked in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there, there's a necessity something that uh, creates a pathway literally. You, somebody's actually taken a machete and uh, carved out the path and your responsibility is to maintain the path.
3: Absolutely absolutely I mean it's, it's there for you it's easy don't rebel against the system because the system works well just continue to do what you need to do and to what you know is right. Mm. And, and that's, in essence, that's it. There's so many
1: people whose lives have been changed from, being, from having been given a righteous routine, some type of righteous routine, some type of righteous habit. And it sounds to me like the Marine Corps provided that for you. you know, it it puts you on a, not just a path, but a, something to continually work with and be developed in the process. Mm. That's, that's
3: powerful. Absolutely.
0: Why is it uh, you think that the military should be important to Americans? Now, I realize that, you know, there's going to be differences between the services and, you know, uh, the Marines are going to have their problems with uh, guys on the ships and the Navy guys, you know, there's there's all this thing that goes on. But uh, when push comes to shove and it's U.S. against whomever, uh, why is it that you think uh, that the military should be important to
3: Americans, the military in general? There's a, a lot of people that I, that I get to encounter, and once they know that I've been in the military in the past, they'll, they'll talk about situations where they possibly tried to join, they couldn't join, where there was things going on in their lives that prevented them from, from joining the military. Uh, I'd like to share with those people that the, the, the military is important because it is very selective on the people that can actually serve. Uh, These men and women, they're in essence writing a blank check for their own Mm -hmm. lives, for the freedom of a country. And so often that's easily misunderstood as, well, that's what they wanted to do, or even perhaps someone like me, well, it was just an out for this guy because he didn't have a high school diploma, he wasn't educated. But it, it really goes much further than that. It's these men and women, they're sacrificing their lives, they're sacrificing their, their time from their families, they're essentially putting their lives on hold to ensure that everyone here back home is, has we remain free. Mm.
0: One of the uh, movies that's just come out uh, just recently called 12 Strong is the story of the first 12 men into Afghanistan. Uh, actually based on a very good book if you ever get a chance to read it anybody who's listening called Horse Soldiers uh, the book title is Horse Soldiers, and these are the first men who actually went into Afghanistan after 9/11. In fact, in 2009, there was a statue erected uh, at Wall Street, right outside of that that famous uh, place in in uh, Washington uh, Wall Street, or New, I'm sorry, New York City, called w- Wall Street. And there's a statue there of a of one of these special forces guys on the back of a horse. Now, some of these guys had no concept of what it was to ride a horse, but that was their only way in and out of country. Really fascinating what folks give up and what they, what they have to do to get through to make sure the mission is fulfilled.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <coughs> this, the concept of uh, mission fulfillment uh, is important, and uh, we want to make sure to, to address your interest in John 15:13. But I wanted to also ask just generally before we get to that, this idea of how important is it, when you think about what you do now in the church, your bivocational pastor or pastoral person, uh, how important is mission and why is mission, is it something that was born and bred in you from the Marine Corps? Was this something that uh, you've attained elsewhere?
3: Uh, talk about mission for a moment. The mission, especially when you think of it in in terms of the Marine Corps, one of their Founding principles is mission accomplishment than troop welfare. That's something that I've certainly had to tweak a little bit being here in the civilian world because it's you got to make sure you take care of your people, and that's no different in the church. You got to make sure that uh, your staff, your volunteers, uh, your parish, all of them are taken care of, and it has to ride alongside of mission accomplishment as well. I don't think you can divorce the two and certainly just focus on mission accomplishment and not your people or vice versa, you, you can't underwrite either one of those, they have to be married up together. But certainly in the presence, absolutely, mm. and certainly in the Marine Corps it was, it was very strict, it is mission accomplishment then troop welfare.
0: Mm. That's a, a powerful word when it comes to the issue of mission and certainly the mission of this broadcast is uh, to introduce you, uh, the, 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 the city of Indianapolis. As well as the nation, as well as those who are listening around the world, actually, uh, to the concept of what does it mean for Christians who are doing good in the culture around us? Uh, we have J.R. Rouse here with us today, uh, a marine who has served, and uh, somebody that we have asked in to tell us a little bit about Memorial Day. We're going to be talk- taking a one-song break, and when we come back, J. R. is going to be talking about something that he is very near and dear to him, which is John 15:13. So go grab your Bible, take a look at that, John 15, 13, and hear uh, Jr. talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we're going to take one song break. Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. For those of you who are listening live, uh, we're grateful for your presence. Uh, we're uh, broadcasting from 2131 East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center, downtown Indianapolis. A happening place. You want to make sure to come by and see us. Uh, holler out at us. And by the way, if you have any guests that you would like to make sure get on the show, you know our show is all about folks who are doing good in Indianapolis. Titus 3:18 and 14. Uh, this is a really powerful and important idea to us. Send shoot us a note. Uh, Echol1957 at gmail is my account. That's Echol1957 at gmail. Shoot me a message there about that. And one more thing before we get back uh, to JR here and our uh, discussion about Memorial Day. I wanted to make sure to say to everybody, uh, we are in the last month of fundraising for uh, the, the year. The end of our fiscal year is June 30th. So we want to make sure that everybody hears us on that. And uh, go to our website, uh, cominiusinstitute.org, and uh, see what you can do about partnering with us through finance. Uh, $25, $50, $100. Maybe some of you can give more, $500, $1,000. Maybe some of you want to pay off the rest of the fiscal year for us. That would be $14,000. We would love that. Uh, make sure to uh, check us out there in that place. And you can pay with PayPal or credit cards. You can send. Uh, A check in uh, any of those things. If you want to do that shoot me a note. Once again echo1957 at gmail. So we are back talking about Memorial Day and concerned of course that uh, as Christians, much less Americans, we have a tendency to have short memories. And we think that somehow history started with us. And I know (laughs) I know when I'm teaching young people, uh, JR, this is really one of those things that just kind of makes me shake my head and go Do you realize there was a whole bunch of people here before you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever run into any of that kind of stuff? Occasionally, yes. More times than not, it feels like here recently, though. Yeah. So, you know, you really want to say to people, do you have any sense of the fact that before you uh, something else happened? Yeah. So I've struggled with this (laughs) throughout all of my 35 years of teaching Mm -hmm. because I've heard so many young people talk about these things and think that somehow life started when they came into being. Well, we're back again uh, dealing with the issue of Memorial Day, and we've asked Jr. Uh, specifically in this segment to begin this segment by talking about John 15:13. Why that's an important verse to him, to the
3: military, and to Memorial Day. So, Jr., take it away. Absolutely, John 15:13 is an extremely personal passage for me, for my fellow Marines, for anyone who has served. Understanding that. It is about sacrifice. And John fifteen thirteen reads that greater love has no one than this than he who lays down his life for his brothers. And to understand that Christ is talking to his disciples here. Verses twelve through seventeen really capture an essence of foreshadowing that God's that Christ is talking with the disciples and with us here. Understanding that sacrifice is something that is driven straight from love. You cannot make this personal sacrifice and have any, any other self-motivated uh, agendas going on. It, it has to be driven from love. And thinking about Memorial Day and just what it means to me and to the men and women I have served with and if you're here listening here today and I was, I was talking to my church on Sunday that everybody everyone is either directly affected by someone who has served in the military you know someone who's been in the military maybe it's a family member maybe it's a friend maybe it's a coworker everyone is is affected in one mean or another with someone who's been who has served who's given a sacrifice whether they have paid the ultimate sacrifice which Christ is talking about here in John 15:13 and that's death greater love it's impossible to love anyone outside of that physically because Love has called you to death, Mm. and so it's impossible to love greater than your physical means and limitations, and that's of death. Uh, I think it's important to understand that without truly thinking of the exact number of how many people ultimately paid to sacrifice, I was blown away this this past weekend when I was doing some reading. The Washington Post announced that uh, 80,000 people are still missing. Mm. People who have never been brought home. Mm. 80,000 of our servicemen and women mm. are, have never had a proper proper burial here in the United States. Mm. And that doesn't include all the men and women who have been brought back, who paid that ultimate sacrifice. So when I think about that, it just really puts it in perspective just how many people uh, have has truly paid that ultimate sacrifice and who has done it for our brothers. I mean, they did that for our protection and our freedom as Christ was the model of that self, of that sacrifice. He was selflessly gave his life but that was for our salvation mm. and with, without his model we wouldn't truly understand just how great love would be at that point. Mm.
0: When you're talking about the commitment that somebody has to literally give up their life for somebody else I you know I heard you talk about you know how important that is to military men uh, yourself as a Marine, you're, you're cognizant of this as you interact with your brothers and sisters who are in the Corps. Um, when you think about this issue, you hear so many folks talk about, well, uh, in the military you know, you're only concerned about the person in the foxhole next to you. While that may be true, uh, these folks that sign up are signing up for
3: something greater than even that. Is that not true? Absolutely. Anyone who joins the military They're not absent of the idea that this could end and they could be called to war. They could be called to a battlefield somewhere. You know, I I like to think that no one joins the military thinking that there's not a possibility of war. I think it's like someone going and being hired at McDonald's and saying, well, I'm never gonna flip a burger. Mm -hmm. The possibility they're going to have to do that. Mm -hmm. And so they they take that responsibility extremely serious, knowing that they've given up their life back here at home Uh, to go through all the training they need. They're away from uh, wives, children, husbands, their mom and dad. Uh, For a lot of young people it's the first separation they've ever had from home if they haven't gone off to college first. So to understand that the sacrifice that these these people are making for many of them who is kind of leaving home and going to some foreign country that they've never been to a lot of these kids, myself included, had never been outside of, the, of Virginia. Hmm. And, and and then I was put in both of the Carolinas and California. We did training uh, in some remote locations. But, I mean, that was a culture shock for me hmm. to, to really see how deep that sacrifice really is. Hmm. This isn't something to be taken lightly, obviously. Not at all. Yeah. So
0: when we think about the issue of uh, what it means to fight not just for the man next to you or the woman next to you in the foxhole, but you're talking about this commitment to a country and the necessity of understanding that you may give up your life for other people who you don't even know.
3: Who you will never ever meet.
0: Yeah, you will never ever meet those folks you know, in the future, uh, much less than your past. So you're literally, so somebody from Tennessee, let's put it in perspective, so some guy from Tennessee, from the mountains of Tennessee, is willing to die for somebody on the streets
3: of New York City. Absolutely. Regardless of political view, regardless of anything that would possibly separate the two of you, uh, sports teams, you'll die for your, your arch enemy when it comes to uh, sports rivals, but that's that's exactly the sacrifice that, that the military is called to here. Mm. It is a marvel
0: to me, when I stop to think about this, just as a, a personal note here, uh, the idea that somehow uh, I am or somebody like me is willing to sacrifice their life, so that somebody else who is diametrically opposed to what I think and believe can live that life
3: in freedom. Absolutely, that's just a, that's mind blowing exactly. in some ways. It's extremely a serious calling. Yes, to know that someone out there is doing that for mm-hmm. us. Someone out there, just as you said, who may not agree with me on any platform, on any statue, but they're out there. and and willing to write this blank check for their life Mm. just so we can have peace and security here at home. I think
0: about the two things that always, uh, I, I tell people all the time, I will always defend these two things. I will always defend life and I will always defend freedom. I'll defend your freedoms even if you are totally different from me, totally believe something other than what I believe in, because your freedom to say or believe what you say or believe is crucial to me. And it's crucial to my whole mindset as a Christian but also as an American. And how can we do anything other than think those kinds of thoughts.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: This, these are uh, concepts I think that are foreign to some folks when we uh, stop to think about how self-centered uh, we can become as human beings. And I think that's an important idea certainly uh, within the framework of what you've just said about John fifteen thirteen. 13. Uh, y- you said uh, to me as well when you sent me an email this last week that you also wanted to talk about the statement of General George Patton. And I love this. I chuckle because Patton, man, he was, boy, talk about a guy who has a reputation that precedes him in history. Uh, He was no holes barred, uh, don't mess with this guy. And he said, we should not mourn the dead, rather thank God that some men have ever lived. Why is that
3: statement so important to you? Well, first off, I'll have to say to all my fellow brothers and sister Marines out there, I did take an Army quote, so you'll have to forgive me for that. <laughs> and secondly, I, General Patton had it absolutely right. It's For us to sit and mourn the dead, uh, God had never intended it for us to just continue to, live, to continue to live in mourning. He wants us to celebrate these things. He wants us mm-hmm. to celebrate these men and women, the sacrifice they made, uh, just not only on the battlefield, but the personal sacrifices that they made by leaving their home, leaving their families and going and doing this uh, and laying down their life, mm. living that model that Christ had, had given us about what it means to truly live in sacrifice, and it, and it all comes down to love. Mm. We have to in love, we have to celebrate. Uh, there's a time for mourn just as Ecclesiastes mm. tells us. There's a time to mourn, yes, and there's a time to dance and we need to be doing more dancing, more celebrating, more being more thankful of the sacrifice that these men and women have paid in our pain right now. Mm. This is a powerful
0: statement that you make here. and I, Just for those who are listening, who are in the Corps, who, uh, who love the Marine Corps uh, like I do, uh, I want you to know that we, are, we would be happy to pull out quotations from Chesty Puller. <laughs> so I want to make that very clear to everybody. In fact, I was reading this great article about Chesty Puller. He was the most decorated Marine of all time. In fact, he might have been the most decorated military man in U.S.
3: history, as I recall from my reading. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of times that when we have the Marine Corps birthday, 10 November, every year, we always say, we always have a salute, here's to Chesty Puller wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And only in the Marine Corps could you have a general named Chesty. This, <laughs> that's a whole discussion by itself I suppose, but uh, for those of you watching or listening I digress. So <laughs> let me let me get back to our discussion points here. Uh, you had mentioned earlier uh, in some of your earlier comments that it was important to talk about U.S. soldiers who have not had burial on American soil. I know we talked about that uh, already uh, to some degree or, or another, but why is it important uh, to recognize that not only is it true that 80,000 have never been found and they're still there in their final resting place, wherever that might be. But beyond this we have American soldiers who have died and have cemetery plots in other nations. Yes. So in places like France and Belgium and so on. So talk about that idea of why that's so powerful uh, uh, a picture for you.
3: I think it's so powerful it's it's a reminder to the country uh, where these men and women are buried. It's a reminder to them that freedom was bought with a price. Freedom cost something mm-hmm. and to have this in essence in, in their own backyard to see that these men and women they paid a sacrifice for their country, for their God, for their core their core beliefs, their core values, for people back home and to understand that this country welcomed and, and, uh, and built these burial plots mm-hmm. in these cemeteries for them says a lot too. It's also another sacrifice that the family gives up that they cannot go and visit their final resting place mm-hmm. of their loved one mm-hmm. whenever they choose. Right. I mean when you're talking about France and Belgium people a lot of people just they're not gonna say, Well let's go to France and just for visiting mm-hmm. the final resting place of a loved one. It's I mean that's that's a huge sacrifice to come up with the financial means to do that. You can't just drive down to your local cemetery like a lot of a lot of people have that privilege mm-hmm. of doing here. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important to understand that that sacrifice carries over onto the family, and a lot of times it's a burden because the family would really, really want the remains to be here, and, and it's just not so. It wasn't. It wasn't. the The military wasn't able to be able to provide that. One of the things that, uh, when you say talk about.
0: Uh, Men and women being buried in a different country immediately makes me remember Saving Private Ryan, mm. and the opening and final scenes of that movie, where you see a man uh, who is remembering his comrades, and of course that final scene is a tearjerker because, you know, here's this guy who who asks his wife, you know, have I been a good man? And this yes. was, yes. you know, this is something that he was left with uh, in terms of his uh, commanding officer at the time, and. and he was uh, felled because of uh, because of his mission to go after the, and save
3: this guy. Absolutely, and, and interesting enough, they showed us that movie when I was in boot camp. Really, at the end of <laughs> the end of boot camp, and oh they said, "Oh my word!" And then they told us, "All right, man, this is what you're going to face." Mm. And i talking about being a tearjerker, trying to be a marine and not cry in a not scene cried? like that. Oh right. my word! Uh, oh extremely my word. powerful movie to understand just how many men and women are still are still over there said yes. they weren't able to bring back home. Right. Wow. Uh, one of the things
0: that, and you know this JR, because you've had me in class and so on, and you see my stuff on social media all the time, you know I'm a big movie guy so I yes. I love film, uh, I love military history, I love reading about these, uh, these things and uh, talking about the importance of never forgetting uh, why, what we have what has brought us to this particular point. Uh, one of the things I think that movies can do not all of them do this, of course, but what movies can do, is properly remind us of our past. And I think that's one of the great things that that Steven Spielberg has done, for instance. He's reminded us of history, you know, films like Amistad or Saving Private Ryan or uh, any of the other great historical films that he has uh, put forward. Uh, These are powerful reminders for us, too. And, And maybe we could even use these kinds of things in the future to help Young people, coming generations, to remember: Hey, this is what,
3: what actually went on. Absolutely, and, it, and it's done in such a way to where it gives you a good visual reference of just the suffering and the sacrifice mm-hmm. that was made mm-hmm. uh, when these men and women, when, when they go and they make the sacrifice, they don't want to. They don't want to have to die, but if if that's what it's called, what God's called them to do, then they'll do it willingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one just rushes out and says, "Yes, I've joined the army." I, can't wait to be put in the ground no one has ever come up with that and to put and for these movies to put that in visual reference for us i think it's a really really peaceful way for us to embrace the memory Mm -hmm. and and to understand just how powerful the sacrifice truly is
0: Mm -hmm. i'll i'll spare our audience my my general misgivings about some hollywood films that somehow portray our military or those in uniform as uh... Psychologically maladjusted, or uh, always uh, in trouble, or, or, or I mean, the, we could go down that road sure. too. But uh, not something perhaps for this particular broadcast, <laughs> though I can feel my blood beginning to boil already. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's move on here to another question. Uh, I, I mentioned this. I, I, I kind of threw some of these questions in here at you just to kind of give you a, uh, an opportunity to talk about some of the things I think that are important to, to especially the Marine Corps. So in the Marine Corps there's this phrase uh, used called esprit de corps. And it's used in military organizations generally and sometimes in just business organizations. What does that mean to you as a Marine and as a U.S. military
3: man? When, During the final weeks of boot camp we have the crucible and that's
2: the,
3: the most grueling test of sleep deprivation, of food deprivation. We go out and we have to do team building exercises. We go and we uh, we march for many, many miles. And during that, there's there, some of the team building exercises we'll go through and they're all named after someone who has valiantly given their life.
2: Mm. Uh,
3: when I first learned what Esprit de Corps was, we learned of such amazing feats of how these men and women could have taken many rounds and still have either pulled someone into out of harm's way or they've actually uh, eliminated the enemy threat to allow uh, a lifeline helicopter to come in. Just understanding that some of these men and women have used esprit de corps has done something greater than they could ever possibly mm-hmm. think. And during that sacrifice uh, they've gone back and, and they've seen just what was done, how they did it, and, and you think there's no way someone has this physical capabilities of doing something like that, but it's all charged on esprit de corps.
0: Mm. This concept of the spirit of the group is uh, what esprit de corps is all about, and how that's developed is a mindset. And it's not something that, you know, you beat into somebody, it's a mindset that's developed from the inside out uh, for in- individuals in the military.
3: Absolutely. Knowing that when you are in the military, they, in essence, especially the Marine Corps, they want to shape you from ground up. They want to take all of your bad and, and they, they want you to bring it. And I was one of those that had a lot of bad. Uh-huh. And they were able to, to shape me and, and mold me into what they needed. And they were very effective at doing that. Mm. Hmm.
0: This is something that uh, kind of resonates not only with those who are in the military, but those of us who uh, esteem the military, those of us who care deeply for the freedoms that we actually have in this country. and It's an important and powerful idea. Uh, one of the other questions that I suggested here uh, for us to consider is, uh, what would the Marine Corps want Americans to remember on Memorial Day? If we had, uh, if we had a group of Marines standing in front of uh, an auditorium, or one Marine standing in front of an auditorium, what
3: would they want Americans to know? I believe that not to beat a dead horse, but the idea that's, that sacrifice is personal, it puts a face to what sacrifice is. We can talk about 80,000 men and women who, who the remains have never been brought home. We can talk about abstract numbers all day long, but when you see the face of someone, mm-hmm. I think it gives it a whole new meaning understanding what sacrifice looks like. Mm-hmm. When you see men and women coming home and they have a missing limb, or they don't have their legs, or they they're bedridden for the rest of their life. It really puts a face to what sacrifice looks like. Instead of just saying the term sacrifice and and using terms like love, and and giving it all, paying the ultimate price, mm. it really it really, just like the movies we were talking about earlier, it really gives shape to our mind. It's something tangible that we can see and touch, mm. Mm. and that's something that I feel that uh, the Marines, that any branch of the service would want you to know, is it is personal. It was personal to someone, it's personal to their families and if you if you're void from having any known anyone personally who's paid that sacrifice that doesn't mean that the rest of the world isn't affected in some way. So they would want you to see and know and just have a tangible relationship with the idea of sacrifice. Hmm.
0: When we talk about uh, these things we you know we're on radio we're we're using words Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah we're YouTube live and yes you can pick up the archive of this later on and all of those kinds of things. But when we have a picture of this in front of us, when we have a visual impact of somebody. So I'm thinking about social media right now. One of the things that we know that's true about social media is when days like Memorial Day or Veterans Day or July 4th or other uh, days where people are celebrating the military or their freedoms, they, they put pictures of their mom or their dad those people have served, maybe somebody who has fallen, uh, somebody's not here any longer, and they honor the sacrifice of these individuals. Uh, What what does that do, do you think, uh, in terms of uh, a general reminder for Americans, uh, the importance of seeing the visual of that?
3: I think that really helps them put in perspective the sacrifice that they're making, the sacrifice that someone else has made. I know very often in the military, uh, our, our hats, our camouflage hats, we call those covers, uh, there's a little slot inside and a lot of times they have pictures of their family mm-hmm. or a comrade, someone that has either come before and it's really really personal for those people. I mean mm-hmm. just to be able to just in, in the midst of their sacrifice knowing that uh, their love for someone else is so great that they're willing to to do these things. Mm-hmm. They're willing to separate themselves from the comforts and the luxuries
0: of being here at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that strikes me as we're we're talking about this, the issue of love uh, and sacrifice, and then the necessity of violence sometimes. Uh, Sometimes the greatest act of love is going to be accompanied
3: with the ferocity of violence. Absolutely. And the military is well-trained and well-versed knowing that all the training, the amount of training these men and women do just leading up to, Lord willing, something that they'll never have to go to, but the countless hours and days that they spend to ensure our freedom. I mean, that in itself, the sacrifice that they're giving there, something that Hollywood would never be able to justify. We see movies about the actions that they're doing in war or on the battlefield, but we don't talk about things that are going on outside the battlefield. the, The personal sacrifices that they're making away from their families, the time and and countless hours and blood sweat and tears that are poured out just in preparation. So if we were a poorly trained military and we went to war
2: Mm.
3: we wouldn't be enjoying the freedoms that we have here right now. Mm.
0: So part of what everybody needs to understand about this discussion today is that sometimes the greatest act of love is accompanied not only by bloodshed but by uh, the bloodshed of our enemies. So you know you, you can think about uh, the difficulty of this from a different point of view, but understand that sacrifice sometimes is uh, sacrificing what, what it is that you have to do to somebody else in order to maintain that mission. Absolutely. And that's that's a hard thing, you know, and people don't like for us to talk about this that there are e- there's evil in the world and that the only way that evil will be stopped is if good men stop it. Now that's not to suggest that the good men we're talking about are perfect, what it does suggest, however, is that we actually do have standards whereby we abide. And we say, look, there's wrongdoing going on here. These are, this is a, an atrocity of the highest order. We need to stop this. And therefore, we're going to put men uh, there in front of uh, the enemy to stop that evil. Absolutely. That's, this is a difficult discussion, of course, because a lot of folks don't want to have those kinds of ideas. Uh, in their minds, much less us talk about them on air. Let me just throw a couple of other questions here for us uh, here, Jr. today before we take off. Yeah. Uh, one would be, uh, talk about the importance of taking care of families left behind by fallen soldiers. We talked a little bit, or I heard you talk about how much people give up by uh, leaving their families. What? How much is left to us, then, to take care of those who are left behind?
3: This is another biblical characteristic that the military takes on, something that I was extremely impressed by, and I'm not sure you'll ever narrow it down to where the two can intersect, but you'll, you'll see that when a loved one has died on the battlefield, uh, these military groups that at certain bases, they will go and ensure that this family is taken care of, above and beyond obviously receiving a life insurance payout. They'll go and make sure that their, that their physical and emotional needs are taken care of, because uh, let's face it, money's not everything, and it will never replace that loved one. So we have to understand that they provide counseling, they provide childcare, they provide... Uh, basically, they provide everything that the family needs for their well-being. Mm-hmm. And then to go above and beyond that, if we have one of our friends that have lost their lives, we go and personally visit the family. Mm-hmm. We go and and let and let that person know that that hey, you're not doing this alone. Mm. not only did you lose someone, but so did we yes, and it's important that we one of the one of the coin phrases in the Marine Corps is that we never leave a man behind, and that it goes to their family that that extends to their family mm. uh, and it's important for families to know that they're not left behind mm. This
0: is a powerful uh powerful broadcast today thinking about the necessity of understanding what it is that uh, people have sacrificed uh, for us to have the freedoms that we have in the United States of America. Uh, J.R., what would the final word be that you'd like to leave with us today? Something that would be uh, memorable to you, something that's passionate to your heart. Take it wherever you would like it to
3: go. I'd like just to focus on kind of circling the wagon and coming back to John fifteen thirteen, Understanding that A sacrifice is always going to need to be made at all at at all points in time a lot of people don't want to have to deal with that sacrifice a lot of people don't want to have to volunteer for that sacrifice that doesn't mean that the sacrifice isn't going to be made it's going to take a sacrifice Christ was extremely intentional on sharing that when you think of that sacrifice when you think of the things that these men and women are doing when they're laying down their lives or they're writing this blank check for their life as they go to some foreign country. They go to some foreign military base. They they rip themselves away from, from the life and the luxuries and their family here, understanding just how important it is that it's all driven out of love. No one is self is selfish to join the military. Mm-hmm. They may want to. They may they may want to get a college education out of it, which that's completely understandable. Sure. But they have to understand, just like we talked about earlier, that the military calls you to be something. Mm. It calls you to a lifestyle, it calls you you to a sacrifice that needs to be made one day. Mm. And if I could leave the listeners here with that, it's that this is personal. It's personal to me, it's personal to you, your father was in the Marine Corps. It's extremely personal to understand that this sacrifice... It will be made by someone, and it has to be made by someone. Mm. And God calls us to understand that that sacrifice is driven out of love. Mm. And you may never in your entire life meet anyone who has ever paid the sacrifice for you. But we cannot discount that as not being a loving Mm. gesture that they've done
0: for us. Mm. It's a powerful statement, a powerful word. We've been talking about history. We've been talking about memory. We've been talking about the necessity of building memorials. Uh, the physicality of remembrance. We've talked about movies and how important they are to give us a visual reminder of the verbal things we commit to. We're not talking about just simply ideas. We're talking about events and activities and uh, processes that we actually go through physically to remind ourselves of this. We're coming up on another holiday in uh, just a little over a month from now, July 4th, where we remember uh, this particular nation in a way that uh, we should remember every single year. And that is to appreciate the independence that we have and one that is uh, not something that we should take for granted. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio Radio RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Uh, We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. Uh, Next week we'll have another special guest. And anticipating July 4th I just should say to everybody we're going to run a, a past episode of uh, Warp and Woof Radio uh, and uh, take a break on July 4th since that falls on a Wednesday this year. We're grateful for all of our listeners. And one more time I just want to say uh, we are ending our fiscal year here the last month of, uh, of our fiscal year in the month of June. We need about $14,000 to finish that off. Uh, talk to me if you're interested in connecting about those things. Uh, that's Echel, E-C-K-E-L 1957 at Gmail. Uh, or you can uh, send us a note uh, via cominiusinstitute.org or warpandwoof.org and, woof, uh, .org and uh, find us there as well. Uh, we're really grateful to, for our listeners. We're grateful for those who watch and listen to us after the fact. Uh, thank you so much for what you do in and around Indianapolis, around the United States, around the world. Titus three, one, eight 8, and 14 is true and living. And we have proof of that today, J.R. Rouse here in the house. Uh, to talk with us about what Memorial Day means to him. Grateful again for Dr. Clyde Posley, my co host, and H.B. Bell, who's our producer.
3: We're looking forward to next week when we have another special guest, and until then,